0: For so many years, I resisted personal growth. Not because I was intentional about that, but because I wasn't equipped to do it. Instead I invested much of my emotional energy being frustrated. Frustrated with life circumstances not being as I wanted them to be. And instead I reacted, mostly because of fear. I wasn't responding to life circumstances with autonomy. It's what we do when we don't like what's going on. Sometimes we worry, thinking we'll anticipate all the possibilities, which rarely happen. Sometimes we fuss with others, as though our conversations will influence our scenario. Sometimes we get angry, as though attempting to control will shift our trajectory. Sometimes we feel perpetually overwhelmed because we're trying to do all the things that are going on in the hamster wheel of our minds. Sometimes we feel like we're losing our minds because it really is too much for us to hold. Sometimes we get sick because the body keeps the score and internalizes our emotion, that energy in motion. And we therefore feel inevitably unhappy If you identify with these few conversation points, then I welcome you to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the life coach and homeschool mentor at www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. If you're a homeschool mom looking to reimagine your homeschool life, then this is the podcast for you. By the end of this episode, you'll have a few tools to address that frustration and overwhelm and move toward growth if you choose. But if I could leave you with five quick thoughts, I'd say this. One, you can't control people, not even your little people. Two, you can't control yourself either. If you grow an understanding of yourself, you'll find more helpful ways to approach your moments of frustration and overwhelm Three, you can only do what you know to do now. That's why you're doing it. So in the words of Maya Angelou, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Four, accept yours and your kids' humanness. You aren't perfect. You're never going to be. You won't mother perfectly either. And your kids won't kid perfectly either either. (laughs) and five but definitely plan for your moments or seasons of frustration and overwhelm because you will surely have them so accept your human reality that frustration and overwhelm are part of this homeschool and human journey if you resonate with this discussion or you've experienced these feelings in your homeschool days today i'm going to share with you five things you can do to address your overwhelm and your frustration and move toward a growth mindset. But before I share the five approaches to embracing frustration and overwhelm and moving toward a growth mindset, I want to ask you five questions. So grab your journal. Question number one. How do you typically handle feelings of frustration and overwhelm in your homeschool journey? Question two. Are you breaking down your homeschool mom goals into manageable steps to address your frustration or overwhelm? Question three. How often do you practice self-compassion, self-talk? Like using morning affirmations? expressing gratitude, or reframing negative thoughts? Question four. Are you willing to let go of educational approaches or activities that aren't working for your child or you, even though on paper or on someone's Instagram feed, they look amazing? And question five. What specific ways do you celebrate small wins and achievements in your homeschool mom journey? If you want to take a look at those questions, you can head over to my website, CapturingTheCharmLife.com, and look in the search bar for Unshackling Homeschool Mom Frustration Unleashed for Growth in Five Ways. This is a typical conversation that I have with frustrated homeschool moms. Moms began to recognize that despite shifting from one homeschool method to another, both of the methods are beautiful in theory, of course, but the method isn't working for her or for her kids or for all of her kids or for just one kid. When trying to homeschool a handful of kids, she tries to cluster her efforts, of course, but some kids just don't allow for that. Perhaps the approach really isn't a useful approach for them. Maybe there's too much stimulation. Maybe there's too many kids around. Even in your home, that can happen for a child or two. So if you think you can get overwhelmed, your kids can too. Sometimes there's just too much noise. Or how about this? The topic is super disengaging. When I have moments where one of my kids is trying to explain something that they love let's take chess for example now i have had my own growth trajectory in chess and learning a little bit about it and i mean a little bit but i have and yet i do not have an interest or when my husband talks to me about the nfl i think i go fuzzy subconsciously consciously we don't know but i am just not that interested so guess what It doesn't work to have the rules of those games explained to me. Why do we think that it should matter? Whatever thing we put in front of our kids should matter because we put it in front of them. However, when you have a brilliant plan, because you totally will have those moments where you discover the most beautiful learning idea ever, the most interesting approach to learning yet, a delightful resource, a delight led extracurricular activity or a gorgeous read aloud that you just have to read with your kids, then of course, by all means, bring that beautiful plan to your homeschool kids. But recognize that when your plan isn't hitting the right chords with your kids and they're shifting in their seats or complaining incessantly, you might need to reassess your intentions. Sometimes we need to learn to flow at the rhythm of our kids and recognize that our well-intentioned plans don't have to be enacted. But that's frustrating, you say. Sometimes, yeah, I get it. It really is. Of course, there might be other reasons that you're frustrated or overwhelmed as a homeschool mom. Maybe your kiddo's having big emotions and it just doesn't make sense to you, but it feels like too much. Or you don't have time to think or do anything for yourself. Or you don't understand why they're not learning or getting something that seems so easy to the rest of the kids. Maybe your child isn't acting like the rest of the kids at your forest school or your co-op or your homeschool field trip. They're that kid and you don't know what to do about that kid, your kid. (laughs) Despite your efforts at being friendly and trying to overlook the differences you and your family have about a discussion on this homeschool thing, Your family's just not behind you. And even always assuming that you're disadvantaging your kids, that can be frustrating. Or maybe you're juggling more roles than most homeschool moms are as they're working inside or even outside the home and still trying to homeschool. You're not seeing a child progress like other kids in the local homeschool community, and it's kind of embarrassing, and you don't know what to do with that. Maybe somebody's in your home that's unwell and requires a lot of your attention. Or maybe you have a chronic illness and trying to do homeschooling while managing the challenges that you're experiencing makes you feel like you are working at quarter time compared to the other homeschool families. You are doing things as fast as molasses being poured from the fridge after a few months of sitting in there. Or maybe. You know that something's up with your kiddo, but you don't know what's up, and you don't know if it's up enough to get assessed. There's so many reasons we could feel frustrated as homeschool moms. The five things that I've learned will sound familiar. One, I've learned I can't control people, but I can have my feelings and my needs listened to. The second thing I've learned is I can't control myself either. If I grow in understanding of myself, though, I'll find more helpful ways to approach my moments of frustration and occasional seasons of overwhelm. The third thought is that I can only do what I know to do now. And that's why I'm doing it. So in the words of Maya Angelou, I'll do the best I can until I know better. Then when I know better, I'll do better. The fourth thought is that I have to accept myself and my kids in all our humanness. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be. I won't mother perfectly. And my kids won't kid perfectly either. And the fifth thing is that I definitely have a plan for moments or seasons of frustration and overwhelm because I know I will surely still have them even after 23 years of mothering. So I will accept my human reality. Frustration and overwhelm are a part of my human journey. If you want to create a plan to overcome your frustration and overwhelm, here's five approaches to do that. The first is to acknowledge emotions as signals. Recognize that those feelings of frustration are natural responses when stepping into a new thing, like maybe a new homeschooling journey, or when things don't feel like they're happening the way that we want them to be, the way we think they should be, we can consider these emotions as signals to take a step back, reevaluate our approach, and then make necessary adjustments. And this is a long-term goal. This is not a short-term plan. So what do you do with those emotional signals? I suggest feeling into them. This is so counterintuitive when we're having those really uncomfortable moments That is not the time we're thinking, I would like to feel that a bit more. But actually not running away from them, not numbing yourself from them, but really asking yourself where you're feeling what you're feeling in your body and what it is you're feeling actually does help to release it and certainly gives you greater awareness of what's going on. Also notice your child's experience. Ask them, but not in the moment. Learn from the ongoing narrative. If it's hard to see what's going on in the moment, then just study it over the course of time because (laughs) girlfriend, you are going to get another opportunity to deal with this thing. So really take note of the ongoing narrative. What are their feelings? What are they saying their feelings are? What are their needs underneath those feelings? And if they can't give the answer to that, just keep asking because you're teaching them how to pay attention to their feelings and their needs. Also, you want to collect before you direct. This is a concept from Gordon Neufeldt, the author of Hold On to Your Kids. Your relationship is directly impacting their ability to engage you academically. I know this from personal experience. Gordon Neufeldt explains it this way. We begin with the basics. We collect the child first in order to be able to work from within the relationship. It's very much like the mother goose with goslings getting the offspring into line before bringing the behavior into line. Or I recall him saying at some point, you want to collect their hearts, bring them close to you, ask them how they're doing. Can you tell me what's going on? And mean it before you ask, why did you engage the way you engaged? Collect them before you direct them. Also, what story have you been telling yourself about your frustration? Dr. Daniel Amen, author of Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, first introduced me to a series of questions that helped me put all my uncomfortable feelings into perspective. If I pay attention and I'm really listening to what the ongoing narrative is underneath those stories. So here's the questions. The first question is, is what I'm thinking true? Usually I'd answer, uh, yeah, of course. Why else would I be thinking it? Of course it's true. But the second question is, can I with 100% certainty know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my thought is true? What if I had a different perspective? There's always a different perspective. I would know because I'm married. (laughs) You too? I think this is a useful benefit to being partnered long term. Understanding that the world does not think identically to you. Hmm, maybe if we consider that how we were thinking isn't always 100% true, then maybe the way we would think about it differently would influence the outcome. The third question might be the clincher. If there were a different way of thinking about things, a different perspective, How would that different thought affect how I approach my situation? And how might that affect the outcome? P.S. If you want to get a copy of these questions, you can head over to the same show notes page and access my thought care checklist for homeschool mamas. And along with acknowledging emotions as signals... I think we need to ask ourselves if we really are going to reach the point of no return where you're forever doomed to frustration and overwhelm is that even a thing i'm going to surprise you here because i'm going to actually say yeah it really could be if you don't do something different because just like fleece picks up every last strand of cat or dog fur in your house You're going to be picking up on every last moment of overwhelm or frustration. You're just going to absorb them until you finally determine that to do better, you need to do differently. So if you want things to turn around, you're going to have to go and do something different. I thought this would be the perfect time of the homeschool year to include some time dedicated to you. I know you got all your curriculum in a box at some point or you're getting Amazon packages shipped in left or right over the last month or so, or you've been to a homeschool co-op or conference where you either traded resources or you purchased them from a giant vendor hall and you have loads of things for the kids. But I want to give you something, something that will benefit you all year long. So I've created a five-day wellness challenge, a wellness challenge for you so you can be equipped to deal with the harder challenges of the homeschool year before you get overwhelmed, before you're having to deal with boundary discussions at Christmas and the holidays, before you have to deal with slump month and get really bored of homeschooling altogether somewhere in February or March. So join me for the Homeschool Mama 5-Day Wellness Challenge, which is brought to you in the Homeschool Mama support group on Facebook. During the 5-Day Challenge, I'm going to guide you through daily wellness practices, including self-compassion strategies, de-schooling practices, boundary-building practices, and wellness routines, and so much more. So if this sounds like something that would benefit you, I invite you to join me in the Facebook group, the Homeschool Mama Support Group. The second thing that I would suggest to you is to break down your goals. Instead of trying to tackle everything all at once, break down your goals into smaller manageable steps. This approach not only makes the process less overwhelming, but also allows for more focus toward incremental progress or progress for my American friends. Therefore, get clear about your homeschool mom frustration and ask yourself, what experience do you want to tackle? Who are the main characters in that experience or scenario? What are the repeat stories around that scenario? In what ways could you tackle that challenge differently? Do you need to learn to practice a pause, find someone to talk to, leave the house for separate space every day, or maybe just use a journal as an accountability partner every morning? Note to self, you can't tackle everything all at once. That'll be more overwhelming. And you have to get really, really specific. What is the thing you're most overwhelmed or frustrated by? Maybe you need to talk to me about it to clarify that challenge or show up at the same time every day with your journal and write about that scenario. Every day. It will become clearer as you talk it out or sit with it. Because breaking down homeschool goals into smaller, manageable steps helps you reduce your overwhelm and provides you a clearer focus on making gradual progress. The third way to overcome or address that frustration is to practice self-compassion. Treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding you would offer to your friend. Once upon a time, I met myself in a mirror. Uh, It's probably about 35, something like that. Yeah, I've been putting on makeup since I was about 15, 14, 12, I forget. 12, yes, grade 7. My mom bought me my first palette of makeup. Didn't know what to do with it. But anyways, fast forward to age 35-ish, when I was having a moment, tried to text my husband. He wasn't available. Tried to text my friend. She wasn't available. So for some bizarre reason, I went and stood in front of the mirror and looked at myself and discovered that by merely looking at myself, I could see there was a person on the other side of that mirror and she looked distressed, frustrated, sad, didn't know what to do. I met myself in a mirror and I spoke to myself like I would speak to a friend. If we agree to sign up for growth over the long term, We are agreeing to face some difficulties and learn from them. So what ways can we practice self-compassion? One is those self-awareness strategies, actually sitting with your journal every morning or doing that mirror work and asking, how are you doing? What's going on? Tell me about what happened. Sounds weird, but totally works, by the way. Or creating mindful moments every morning. 11 a.m. every day, Pacific Standard Time, I might add, on my phone, I ask myself or the, the alarm dings and I say, how are you feeling? Hand on heart, I take a few breaths and just ask myself, how am I feeling? I also meditate This is a discussion I really should be having for an entire episode or have conversations with other homeschool families that engage in meditation. So the thing is, I come from a perspective where this idea of meditation was deeply frowned on, and I understand the perspective, and yet I don't see that perspective anymore. I have experienced meditation for a good long time, and I've learned that it does truly slow me down help me be more present, be still. And it, according to research, does indeed help you feel your feelings and be more at peace inside your body. Other things that you could do are to pray, to create a spiritual connection and honor something outside of yourself, acknowledging that someone else could be helping you. Also knowing where the emotions are in your body As I was speaking to earlier, emotions are energy in motion. I loved hearing that. The first time I'd heard the definition of that, I went, no kidding. (laughs) No kidding. This is why when you're really stressed or frustrated, you might feel pain in your neck, your shoulders, or someplace in your body. You feel that intensity. That's because there's energy and emotion, but you're holding it in a certain space in your body. So it works to serve and ask yourself, where am I feeling what I'm feeling? Because you're usually feeling emotion somewhere in your body. So if you want to practice self-compassion, incorporate self-awareness strategies. You can also create a support network. A friend on text. Talking to an objective bystander who doesn't have any skin in the game. That could be me. Or you could join me in the Homeschool Mom Room, the Homeschool Mama support group on Patreon, and we can have conversations about this every month. You can practice self-compassionate talk, aka Homeschool Mama daily affirmations. I can remember hearing someone recently speak to this affirmation thing and saying it's really not that significant in your overall health and wellness. And I just remember thinking, Not my experience. That is not my experience. Sometimes, especially when you haven't heard certain words of encouragement or inspiration when you are much younger, and the first time you're hearing them is through an affirmation, you speaking it to yourself, it can actually be very powerful. So I encourage you to check out the homeschool daily affirmations, then speak them to yourself in the mirror. Also, Another form of self-compassionate talk is gratitude, giving thanks for what you do have, not what you don't have. Reframing is a powerful tool as well. Reframing, that discussion on Dr. Daniel's questions, asking yourself if what you're thinking is truly the thing that's going on right here, or maybe there's another perspective. Learning to reframe is powerful, self-compassionate talk. I have oodles of other practiced strategies in my Self-Compassion for Homeschool Mamas course, so you can learn these new tools on your own time in a self-directed course. You can include it in your wellness routine. I'll leave the link in the show notes. You can ask yourself if you're addressing your real needs. That is a self-compassion strategy that we all too often overlook. Because if you're not addressing your real needs, then of course you're going to be overwhelmed and frustrated. You have to create routines to do it more than once. Routinely, you have to actually ask yourself, am I addressing my real needs routinely? Your real needs need to be addressed as often as the kids ask for snacks. (laughs) You want to assess your homeschool expectations your routines, and your kids, and yourself, and do that routinely, too. Why did you choose your routine in the first place, your homeschool routine? What's behind your unmet expectations? Why are you frustrated by them being unmet? Why do those expectations exist anyway? Are those expectations working for you? Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. Which ones are? And which ones aren't? What do your kids think of those expectations? Is this homeschool life satisfying? Why or why not? On a scale from 1 to 10, how much fun are you having in your homeschool life right now? Not that fun has to be the only value, but it sure ain't torture you're going for. Self-compassion is the key to growth and resilience in your homeschooling journey. The fourth tool I would offer so you can move toward growth and overcome that frustration and overwhelm is to cultivate flexibility. Embrace the idea that growth and adapting or adaptation are at the heart of the mothering journey, which is funny because I know that flexibility is key but it is by far my least strong character trait. Flexibility allows us to pivot when things don't go as planned and when we need to discover different solutions to suit our child's unique needs or to accommodate the situation. Here's a few quick ways to consider cultivating flexibility. Stop doing something if it isn't working. Be a learner. You will be happier when you do like me creating margins around my time. Remember that I shared about how I engage my time without enough margin as my default. I shared that a couple episodes back about streamlining your homeschool routine. When I put a hard stop on my time, When I was doing an activity and I had to put a hard stop on it and I clarified when I needed to be in the car and I recognized that when I did that I actually was having more peaceful trips to town. No one was frustrated with me because I was having to go so fast and making them feel like they might be late and I could enjoy that extra time in the car chatting with a teenager FYI, the car transport thing is a lot of work. It's a very saturated phase of the homeschool, high school parenting era. But it's also a great place to have chit chats with the kids. Also remember that doing things that are hard can benefit you and grow you. I think if I'm honest, I would say that I would like everyone to not have to do hard things, especially like really hard things. And yet I don't see any evidence that the hard things will stop. I don't see any evidence that we aren't meant to grow. In fact, I see evidence that we are meant to grow. So remember that doing those hard things will benefit you and grow you. You can also build a predictable routine, but also know that it won't. It won't always happen. Create emotional bandwidth time for your days. Doing something just for you. That could be just 15 minutes a day which probably sounds like a lot of time if you have especially young kids, but 15 minutes to help nurture your emotional bandwidth. Remember that different kids sometimes require different methodology. They're not the same, so don't treat them the same. Use the benefit or harness the benefit of this homeschool lifestyle to lean into child-led learning and do it differently for different kids. Remember to notice the kiddo in front of you. They're the one you're home educating. So collaborate. Ask them, how can we do this so this can help work for you? Assess your expectations regularly. So maybe you want to grab your day timer or put a reminder in your phone right now to schedule time to ask yourself, like that parent-teacher interview thing, about your expectations for your homeschool. Am I being realistic? Cultivating flexibility in motherhood means embracing change, adapting to your kiddo's needs, and regularly reassessing your expectations. And in that way, I think we can cultivate flexibility a bit more. And the final and most exciting element of trying to overcome this frustration in our homeschool lives is to celebrate the small wins People talk about celebrating small wins, but we don't invest enough time doing it. Over on my Instagram page, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, and on Facebook in the Homeschool Mama Support Group, every Monday, I'm asking you about your intentions of your homeschool week, and every Friday, I'm asking you about your small wins, because I want to celebrate with you instead of fixating on what might not be going perfectly because like everything's not going perfectly all the time of course but we still need to celebrate the small wins and progress that you and your kids are making every breakthrough no matter how small can be a step toward growth and i want to honor it with you here's some things you could do yourself you could celebrate every fun friday the small wins with your kids you could mention your progress when you're having dinner honoring your own growth and then they will learn to honor theirs you could use a special colored pen in your schedule or your day timer and just write it in i didn't lose my stuff when my child did dot 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 or i made sure to adhere to the mindful moment at 11 a.m. every day, Monday to Friday, or you fill in the blank. Whatever is an important strategy for you. And of course, join me in the Patreon support group where we're celebrating small wins every Friday and having a discussion about our small wins in our support group. And might I add, maybe you want to just reflect on the full or new moons every month use those as an opportunity to remind yourself what's been working and what hasn't or just honor the seasons as they shift remember you're shifting too there's a reason i am standing here with an orange burnt orange sweater because we are moving into the fall season so as the seasons shift honor what's going on for you honoring your small wins so if you want to overcome homeschool mom frustration acknowledge your emotions as signals break down your goals into small realistic goals practice self-compassion cultivate flexibility and celebrate your small wins and then you will move toward a growth mindset and be better equipped to navigate that homeschool frustration remember that you can't control everything but you can choose how you respond and continue to learn and grow along the way. I'm so glad you joined me today. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to share a review on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, I'd be greatly appreciative. And you're most welcome to join me in the Homeschool Mom Room on Patreon, or find me on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Homeschool Mama Self Care. Until next week... I want for you and your kids to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.